Hebrews chapter number 12. I want to say it's good to be in the Lord's house. Amen. I'd rather be here than any place I know. Uh, we, we, this must, this, this must going to be a good one today because Satan has fought like crazy. Uh, it's got, uh, our system system all messed up. So, uh, I need you to do me a favor. I need you to do me a favor later on after the service is over. I want you to go to your, your social media, your Facebook, and I want you to share this service on that so we can just poke the devil in the eye. All right. Uh, uh, that would, you know, something, something's gone wrong with that. So if somebody texts you or calls you during the service, uh, cause their, their, their internet's not working, just type this back. You should be here. <laughs> anyway. All right. Uh, I know, I know, I know, I know there's people that can't. I'm just, I'm just, but if you can anyway. Okay. All right. Hebrews chapter number 12 in verse number one. I want to, I want to preach. This is something that's just on my heart this week. Uh, we're going to try to get back to Matthew, hopefully Lord's willing next week. Uh, but I I just want to, I just want to just preach from my heart for a little bit this morning and be an encouragement to you. Uh, in, in Hebrews chapter 12, verse one, it says, wherefore, now we always remember when we have therefore or wherefore, we go back and read, uh, we're not going to do for the sake of time today, but I'll explain it in a minute. But what we have in chapter 11 affects what we're reading in chapter 12. If that makes sense, say amen. amen. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin with the so easily beset us and let us run with patience, the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God for consider him, consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. He says in verse four, let me go ahead and throw that in there. Ye, the people that he is talking to, ye have not resisted unto blood striving against sin. In other words, you haven't come close to what Jesus went through. That's basically what verse four is, but let's read verse three again, everybody together for consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Let's read that last sentence. Lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for your blessings and your mercy. Thank you for your kindness. Lord, I am so grateful to be in a house full of people that love you and want to hear from you. Lord, I I believe with all my heart I have what you want me to tell them, but I need the unction to be able to do it. I pray that you'll fill me with your Holy Spirit. I pray that you'll guide my words and my thoughts. And God, guide everything I say. Don't let me say anything I shouldn't. And Lord, don't let me forget anything I should. I pray that we can all leave here and say we have heard from God today. I pray that you'll bless those that are broken today. I pray that you'll bless those that are tired and weary. I pray that you'll encourage the fallen. I pray, Lord, that you will convict the sinner I pray, God, that you will challenge the saint. 
Give us what we stand in need of. And Lord, we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. You know, sometimes in life, sometimes in life, it's very easy to get tired. Uh, and I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about a physical, a physical tired. I mean, you can take a nap, you can, you can rest, you can, uh, take a vacation. You can do all of these things for a physical tired and there's nothing wrong with a physical tired. I think a lot of people need to be more physically tired and, and, and work. Say amen. That's, but that's not really what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when you get tired in your mind. When you get mentally fatigued, mentally exhausted, and that's what he is referring to here. He has given them some encouragement, some help, and he says, lest ye be weary. That means tired. It means exhausted. Lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds, in your minds. Uh, your thinking, your mental state, uh, your belief, your trust, your faith. We are seeing people here that have started out for God. He, he is speaking. He is speaking to Jewish people who who are believers and are being tempted to go back into Judaism. They have they have started this journey of the Christian life. They have begun and and started going for the Lord, started serving the Lord. But obstacles come, problems come, persecutions come. Now they are being tempted. Now they are being tortured. Now they are being terrorized. Now they're being persecuted for their faith. And they're thinking, whoa, wait a minute. We didn't anticipate this. We didn't, we didn't, we didn't see this coming. And, and so now they're going through difficulty. Now they're struggling. They're struggling with their, watch this now. They're struggling with their faith, their belief in God, not necessarily that God is there, but is God care? Now, how many of y'all would be honest enough with your preacher that there's probably not been a time that you didn't believe in God, but there's been times you wondered whether or not he really cared. And so they're frustrated and they're struggling. They're being tempted to go back to the former way. They're being tempted to go back into their former life. They're being tempted to go back into the former Judaism and the way things used to be. And I'm going to tell you this as a Christian, I see this all the time. I see this all the time. We have a real fast start and then life has a way of punching us right in the mouth. Do I have a witness today? I remember when I was a kid, I remember when I was a kid, uh, I was, I was, uh, we were on a camping trip with our family, uh, all my mom's side of the family and we was all out there at, at, on Okeechobee Lake. And, and that morning they had gone frogging that night before and they had tons of frogs that we, they was cleaning. And I was a little old bitty thing, little old bitty thing. And I was sitting there and I was watching my aunt Jan clean frogs. And I thought that was the most extraordinary thing I'd ever seen in my life. She would hold them frogs up and with them, with them skinners, she'd grab them frogs and pull his britches off. Say amen. I mean, just grab that skin and, and I mean, just pull his legs off. I mean, all the way through the socks and everything, little toes sticking out there. And I just kept watching her. And, 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 and the more I, I said, I thought that was awesome. I said, Aunt Jan, I'd like to do that. She said, well, come here. Let me show you how to do it. And she showed me everything and shoot, boy, that was great. And I did about 20 or 25 of them. And then it got to be work. 
And I looked at my Aunt Jan and I tried to give the, the Skinners back to her and she said, she said, what? I said, I don't want to do this anymore. She said, no, no, you, you finished what you started. Whole croaker sack full of frogs. Said, oh, dear Jesus. I know what you're thinking. What in the world has this got to do with this message? I just got back from Minnesota. Just got back from Minnesota. We were up there checking on and encouraging the pastors we've been training that, that you have you have greatly given to and, and through your generosity we've been able to train pastors in America. And and every single one, every single one that we ran into and, and we were able to talk to were discouraged. They've been going through difficulties, going through, and, and all in a different way, all in a different way. And here I am, here I am sitting across the table and encouraging these pastors and these assistant pastors who are leading these D&D groups. And, and they were telling me about this happened and that happened. I'm just, you know, your, your typical thing. Satan is going to fight it like crazy. And so I'm doing my best to encourage them. I felt like the Apostle Paul, as he goes on his second missionary journey, going to check on the pastors of the churches that he had planted before to see how they were doing. And there is a theme, there is a theme that runs through this whole deal that I saw in our D&D groups. I saw in our training. I've seen in church over the years. You know, when we start out our journey with Christ, it's very exciting it's very new. It's very fresh. Anytime we start a new ministry, people are all jacked up about getting into it because everybody likes something new. And so we jump in that thing with both feet and we go in and it's real exciting. God does some really cool things. We see some people get saved and, 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 and people get blessed and all of us rah, rah, re, here we go. And then it gets to be work and it gets to be tough. Then it gets to be difficult because ministry is about people and people are broken and, 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 and ministry is messy and ministry is difficult and people will stab you in the back and people won't treat you right. And, and, and here we go. People won't act right. They won't do what they're supposed to do. One of the first things, one of the first things I had to help brother Dustin with, he's a very black and white type fella. He's a little bit in the shade now. I've been working on him. He's finally found the color gray in his color spectrum. Amen. <laughs> and I remember him coming to me one day and said, preacher, why won't people just do what they're supposed to do? I said, man, if I knew that. People are people. People are frail, people are broken, people will just be people. One pastor said it this way, boy, ministry would be great if it wasn't for the people. <laughs> and in one way, I'd agree with him because I've been in this thing all my life. I've seen it all. I've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly. But there's one thing about it. If it wasn't for the people, there wouldn't be ministry. And God called us to this. God knew what you would go through. God knew what you would face in your Christian life. You began the Christian life exciting because it's always exciting to be a new Christian, to see new things and to see God do incredible things. But sooner or later, along the way, life happens. 
reality sets in that this is, this is, Paul called it this. He says, wherefore, seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight in the sin that does so easily beset us and let us run, let us run. Say it with me. Let us run with patience. You know, some of us have the wrong idea. Some of us have got this idea that the Christian life is a, is a dash. It's a sprint. It's a, it's a 40 yard dash or whatever that might be. No, 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 no. This is a marathon. This is not something that we tear out of the blocks running like crazy. No, sir. We're going to have to, we got to, we got to be patient. This is a long-term deal. This is a till Jesus comes situation. It's not always roses. Somebody say amen. He said, let us run with patience. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus. Now, now here's the thing. I wish I could tell you there have been times in my ministry that I didn't get tired. But I'd be lying. I wish I could tell you there were times that, 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 that or, or there wasn't ever times that I felt like quitting because I'd be lying. There's been times, listen, on, on, on Monday morning, I'd wake up and I'm saying never again. I'm tired of this. I'm, uh, this is it. I'm done. It, it, it's not worth it in my humanity. When I got tired. When I got faint in my mind, when, when, when my faith began to quiver, my faith started sweating. Listen, unbelief tried to creep in and the devil tries his best to convince you that you're wasting your time. The devil tries to convince you that it's not worth it. The devil tries to convince you that you're just, you just, man, you, what you are wasting your time. He'll do that. And you just, just get to the point that you say, I can't take it anymore. I want to throw in the towel. I am done. See, oh, oh, I heard it. So you know what I'm talking about. Well, this is what Paul's dealing with. This is what the people are frustrated and Paul's encouraging them. And so here's what I want to do. We're going to, we're going to really, this message is designed for preventative maintenance. You hear what he said? Lest we be weary. In other words, if we will do this, we won't get to this point. But I will tell you this, what you're going to learn today is going to help you even if you are in that point. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Now, let's all, let's all just get real honest. Let's all just get real honest and, and just, just, just clear the air right here. Just let's make, let's make sure everybody knows this. The Christian life is not for sissies. It is not easy. Jesus never said it would be easy. The problem with many of you in here today is you've been watching too much TV. You've been watching too many prosperity preachers. You've been listening to people who have no clue about true discipleship and are preaching, uh, listen, faith, wealth, health, and prosperity, and say, if you have enough faith, everything's going to be great in your life. Well, tell that to the apostle Paul, who was beaten with rods, who was stoned and left for dead, who went through shipwreck, who was beaten to the inch of his life. Somebody say amen. Tell that to the disciples, all of them, all of the disciples 
were, were persecuted. All of them were martyred. You say, what about John? He still was in exile on the, on the Isle of Patmos. He still went through great struggles. Jesus said, we will through much tribulation enter into the kingdom. We're going to go through junk. We're going to go through trials. We're going to have bad times. It's not going to be easy. The devil is going to fight. We are in a war. We're not on the playground. We're not in a sandbox. We're behind enemy lines fighting the enemy. And we got to do some things or we're going to get tired. We've got to take some measures. We've got to take some steps or we're going to get fatigued and we're going to get weary. Even Isaiah said it, the young men will get weary. Listen, we've got to look toward Jesus. We've got to hide ourselves in Christ. And I want, to, I want to teach you just a few things that we need to do. Number one, number one, we have an obligation. We have an obligation. Now, remember this. Everybody look at me for a minute. Everybody look at me for a minute before you write anything. God's not going to do for you what he's commanded you to do. So quit asking God to do stuff for you that he's commanded you to do. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Amen. Anyway, anyway, I'll come back to that. Our obligation. Now, does everybody understand what the people are going through that he is speaking to? Is everybody with me on that? They're tired. They're, They're frustrated. They're ready to quit. They're ready to go back. They're ready to go back to their old ways. Now, here's his encouragement. Wherefore? Wherefore, seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight in the sin that does so easily beset us. So we have, we have an obligation. Have, has anybody ever been in a race? Anybody ever been in a race? Has anybody ever seen a race? Okay, let me see it. Let, raise your hand if you've seen a race. All right. Does, does, does people in the race put on as much as they possibly can to race? No. Do you know in any race, any race, whatever, whatever the race is, weight, weight is an enemy. Whether it's a human race or whether it's a car race, do you know weight is the biggest horsepower killer in a car? So we try to get the car as light as possible. Are y'all with me? And what are you saying? He's saying some of you guys, you don't want, number one, you don't even understand you're in a race, but you are in a race and this is a marathon. This is a long distance race. This is not a sprint. This is not a quick and it's over with. It's a long distance race. And you got to understand you, you're carrying too much baggage. Lay aside the weight that does so easily beset you. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. We got to remove some things. Some of you are tired because you're trying to do too much. You've got too much on your plate. You've got too much on your schedules. You're trying to do, you're trying to make, are y'all with me? Now I'm not going to go, I'm not going to go into, some of y'all, listen, sports can be a weight. Hobbies can be a weight. People can be a weight. People can be a weight. Uh, uh, there are so many things that we could put in this list. So I'm going to, I'm going to clarify it for you because everybody's weight may be different. Everybody's weight may be different. Listen, you will see runners. You will see runners when it comes time. They may be running around with their jumpsuit on and their, their, their sweatsuit on. But when it comes time for the race, they get down to the bare necessities. 
the least amount of things they could keep on and still stay modest. Now, here's the problem. I was really, I was really praying about this. I, I even, I even, I don't like doing this. I don't like doing this, but I Googled it. <laughs> what are weights? What are, what are some weights that, and man, there's all kind of things. I said, that's not going to work. That's not going to work. I said, Lord, help me, help me. How can I explain this in a way that's going to help everybody? Because everybody's different. Everybody has different issues in their life. Everybody has different stages and phases of their life. Uh, everybody has different things going on. They're in different positions. They have different job responsibilities. Some have kids, some don't. Some have kids and grandkids. And there's all kind of things. And this is the way God just kind of helped me see this. A weight is not a sin. He clarified they're two different things. He said, let us lay aside the weight and the sin. So a weight is not necessarily something that's evil. It's not, there's nothing evil about fishing. Fishing's okay, but it can be a weight. Hunting is not, is not evil in itself, but it could be a weight. Uh, 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 whatever it might be, hobbies, uh, uh, sports, uh, all of these things, they're not evil in itself, but they can be a weight. And if it's a weight, it's evil. Let us lay aside the weight. So I said, Lord, how can I explain this? And he said, all right, do it this way. Do it this way. If there is something that is keeping you from running, it's a weight. If there is someone who is keeping you from running, it's a weight. Watch this now. Watch this now. Watch this. Everybody pay attention. Look at me. Look at me, everybody. Look at me. If you are getting very fatigued in your Christian walk and in your Christian life serving God, it's a weight. It's a weight. Now, some of y'all are not even serving God. You think serving God is showing up today. But this is not serving God. This is worshiping God. This is honoring God. This is loving God. We worship or serve him out there. We serve him in our life by what we do for him. If you're not doing anything for him, then you are weighted down. What is it that's keeping you from serving him? What is it that's keeping you from serving him? What is it that's keeping you from sharing your faith? What is it that's keeping you from honoring and glorifying God in your life? It is a weight. To wait. Now we're living in a life right now. We live in a culture. We live in a culture where we feel like we have to keep up with the Joneses. If our neighbors are doing it, we need to be doing it. If our friends, kids are involved in something, we feel like our kids have to be involved in it. But let me tell you something. If it's keeping you awake at night and you're frustrated and you're fatigued and faint in your mind, let me tell you something. You need to start thinning your schedule. Most kids don't need everything we're putting them in anyway. All we're doing, all, any, <laughs> when it's all said and done, they're going to be married and have a family, not in the NFL, not in the NBA, not in Major League Baseball. And most of the life that you took them through was all about sports, nothing about God. And they're going to grow up out of church and you're going to wonder what happened. Listen, we have so many things. It's a weight. 
And I don't have to say what your weight is. The Holy Spirit's already doing that right now. The Holy Spirit's already convicted you of things that's on your schedule that should not be on there because it's keeping you from serving him. So let me tell you, remove it. Take it away. I remember once, I, I cannot believe, I, there's, there's one situation where I came to God and I was so tired and I was so frustrated and, 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 and I was going down the list and I said, God, I've got to do this and I've got to do that and I've got to do this and, and, and I'm over here and here. And, and, I, and God said, I didn't ask you to do them things. That's not what I called you to do. You know what? Paul was so wise. He said, a man that is a good soldier, he will not entangle himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who's called him to be a soldier. Check your schedule. If it's entangling you, if it's stressing you out, if trying to keep up that schedule, thin it out. It's okay to say no. It's okay to say we can't. It's okay to say, nope. Do you realize that God had to, had, had to command his people and tell them you, on the Sabbath, that's it. That's it. You can do whatever you want. You can do whatever you want for six days. But on the Sabbath, I want you to rest. Do you know why God did that? Because he knows us. Now, if you, you don't think it's, it's important enough for God to make that command and tell them, I need you to rest. Even Jesus would come apart in all of his ministry. He would come apart and rest. And some of you guys, your mind is so tired because you've got your life so full of fluff. Fluff. Preacher, what's fluff? Stuff that really don't matter. Stuff that in the big scheme of things, and, and, and guys, I'm sorry, I'm just rolling with the Holy Spirit. We may not even finish this outline, but for some reason, I'm feeling real burdened about this. We have got our schedules and our lives so full of stuff that in the big scheme of things, in the, in the, the realm of God's kingdom, means Nothing. It's not significant in eternal things. We're not laying up treasures in heaven. We're not seeking first the kingdom of God. We've got an agenda that's so planned out and it's so full, we don't even have time to serve God. And we wonder why we're weary and faint in our minds. Because you're keeping up that schedule with your ability and your time and your strength. But guess what? When you serve God, you have his strength. You have his power. You have his resources. Do I have a witness? So there may be times you have to say no. There may be things you have to take out of your schedule. If it's keeping you from serving God, it's a weight. If it's making you tired and frustrated when it comes to service, it's a weight. You know what's amazing to me? You know what's amazing to me? People that profess Christ and profess to love Jesus and are thankful for what Jesus did on the cross, 
I have heard this in my lifetime. Y'all know I grew up in church my whole life. I have heard this in my lifetime so many times. Preacher, I just can't serve because I'm too busy. I don't have. Wow. It's a weight. Let us lay aside, let's remove anything that would hinder us from serving God. Let's lay aside the weight, let's remove. He said, and the, come on, and the, y'all, see y'all mad right away. We ain't even got to sin yet. <laughs> you know why we're feeling this way? We know. We know. We know. Let us lay aside the weight and the sin that does so easily beset us. Beset means to entangle, means to trap up, means to trip up. He can say, man, repent of your sin. Watch this now. Watch this now. Proverbs 28, 13. Proverbs 28, 13. He that. All right, it's in your notes, guys, right under number two. Okay. Uh, number two under uh, Roman number number one. Proverbs twenty eight thirteen. He that his shall not prosper. But whoso. Now watch this. There's two things here. There's not just one. Don't just say I did it and keep doing it. Watch what it says. But whoso and shall have what? First John 1, 9. If we. Our what? He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You know why some of us are tired? You have sin in your life that you've not repented of. And you have not forsaken. You've got got something in your life right now. Men, it could be something you're looking at on the computer. Ladies, it could be somebody you're flirting with at work. Hey, it could be all kind of different things. But God has dealt with you. God has convicted you. God has done his best to show you and reveal to you sin in your life that you're not dealing with. And we now watch this. The righteous are bold as a lion, but the wicked flee when no man pursue it. And you're running around looking behind your shoulder all the time, trying to hope to God you can remember what your last lie was. It's been said a long time ago. If you're going to lie, you better have a good memory. And we're frustrated and we're tired and we get weary and we have issues because we're unrepentant. Do you know what David said when he held his basically the sin with Bathsheba, when he did not repent, when he did not make those things right? He said his bones waxed old. In other words, he aged beyond his life in a very short period of time. He said he wet his pillow with his tears. And all that he went through was because he was unrepentant. And some of us are tired simply because we won't make things right. Guess what? A grudge against somebody is a sin that will beset you. Unforgiveness is a sin that will beset you. Somebody's hurt you and you still held on to that and you nurse that and you rehearse that. And listen, and you curse it when you need to disperse it. You wonder why you're tired. We got things in our life we know is ungodly. We know is wicked. We know that God is not pleased with. And we think he's going to turn his head and ignore it. Listen, God doesn't even have a rug to sweep it under. 
He said, repent. Some of you are weary in your mind because you got sins in your life that you need to get out. You need to confess and forsake. Say it with me. You need to. And say it again. Forsake means to walk away. Do y'all know there's nothing as refreshing as a clear conscience? And there's no greater burden to carry than unrepentant sin. You see, you're in a race, a Christian race. You're in a marathon. You're not in a, you're not in a, a hundred yard dash and you jump in this marathon. Have y'all seen what marathon runners look like? I've got a picture. I, I, I meant to send it. I, I meant to send it in so I could put it on here. And it's got, it's got a sprinter and a marathon runner. The sprinter's all bulked up, muscled up, ready to go. And that marathon runner looks like he needs a cheeseburger. <laughs> Do I have a witness? And I mean, he's as slim as he can possibly get. Why? Because the more weight that you carry, the harder it is to finish the race. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm not, I'm not trying to tell you or make you feel bad, but I'm telling you, you're tired because you're carrying the burden of sin in the backpack. And you need to confess it and forsake it. What's our obligation, preacher? To remove. Say that with me. Our obligation is to remove. If there's things on your schedule that's keeping you from serving God, it's a weight. Not only remove, but we need number two, we need to. Oh man, y'all got weak right there. We not only need to remove, we need to repent. Repent. Well, preacher, how do I know if I need to repent of something? You know, don't even come at me with that. So how do you know that? Because I know the Holy Spirit told you not to do it before you did it. And while you were doing it, he was told you're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. And after you did it, he's telling you, make it right, make it right, make it right. Man, y'all are looking at me off the front of you. Are are y'all safe? You see, saved people have the Holy Spirit in them. And the Holy Spirit will convict us of sin. Evil, wickedness. Hello, is everybody with me? Well, preacher, you're supposed to encourage us today. I'm trying. I'm trying. Because if you don't get these things out the backpack, the second point ain't going to matter. That's, that's like, that, you know what, that, some of y'all want me to do this. Y'all are in the race, you're in the blocks, and you've got a backpack full of weight on you, and you just want me to tell you, run good. You can do it. No, you need me to get the backpack off of you. You don't need me to make you feel better about the backpack that's on you and say everything's going to be all right. What kind of coach would I be? We need to remove. We need to repent. Number two. Number two. What's number one? We see our. Come on, everybody. Our obligation. obligation. Number two, our inspiration. I don't know about y'all, but we need some inspiration. (laughs) We need some encouragement. Now watch what he says. After you get prepared for the race. He said, let's run with patience the race that is set before us. Now Watch. I want to, let me, let me, let me go back because I missed something. And I know all y'all know. 
We need to prepare, then B, we need to pursue. He said, after we lay aside, after we lay aside the weight and the sin, that's, that's before the race, right? Then he says, and let us run. Come on, let us run. Look at your neighbor and say, run, Forrest, run. <laughs> I'm sorry. Some of y'all were so tired. I had to loosen you up a little bit. You was just frustrated with that last point. But watch how he says to run, run with. Now here's two things I want you to write down. I want you to see the type of pursuit. It's patient pursuit. It's we're in this for the long haul. I have seen so many Christians come out the blocks on fire running, was on Facebook telling everybody how good God was, and they was wide open, did everything, did everything. One little problem, and you can't find them with a C&I dog. Y'all with me? I would rather see a Christian who's not on every, every social media post and who's not posting pictures of themselves studying the Bible, not doing all this stuff, but just steady. Coming to church, steady, reading their Bible, steady, be involved in ministry, steady, being faithful. No, they're not winning 100,000 people every day. No, they may not be reading 52 chapters of the Bible every single day, but they're steady. I would rather, I would rather have the tortoise than the hare. Listen, it's not, it's not about how fast we get out the blocks. It's about finishing the race. Patience. Listen, this race requires patience. It requires endurance. Listen, if it was going to be easy, we wouldn't need patience. So God has already told us it's going to be difficult. But here's one really important thing. The target in our pursuit. Not just the type of pursuit. It's a pursuit with patience. It's steady. It's consistent. But the target is this. Look what he says. Look what he says. This is so important. First, he said, let us run with patience. Then he said, the race that is set before us. Now watch this. Second Timothy four, six, for I am now ready. This is Paul right before he dies, right before he dies. For I am now ready to be offered in the time of my departures at hand. I have fought a good fight. Watch this. This is important. I have finished my course. You know what I learned from this? Don't run somebody else's race. Paul said, I finished my course. I finished my course. Hey, we can go back. We can go back to the sprinter and and the marathon runner. The sprinter... He was designed with the muscle twitch for quick speed. He was, he was built for it. He looked like it and he could accomplish it because that's the way his body was designed. But then the marathon runner, he's a little old slender fella. I mean, slender, slender. Are y'all with me? But he was designed for the long distance. He was designed, watch this, for his course. Do you know what this is teaching us right here? It may not be a weight in your life. It may not be sin in your life. It might be you're on the wrong track. 
It might be that you're trying to run somebody else's race. It might be you're trying to live. Hey, hey, you know what I've learned about racing? Everybody look at me right here. Don't look at other racers. Keep your eye on the finish line. Keep your eye. And we'll talk about that in the next point. Looking unto Jesus. Don't look at other runners. Don't look at what other people are doing or not doing. Focus on your race. Focus on your course. You're going to stand before God for what you do in your race. Not what somebody else does. There are things, Brother Travis, I've been, I've, been, I've been around in the inner city with Brother Travis. Y'all know he's a minister, minister, missionary to the homeless. He's done things. And, and, and listen, that is not my race. I've been, I've been with ministers in, in children's department. I watched Josh up here a couple weeks ago, a couple months ago, with all them monkeys running around everywhere, hanging on everything. I had to take a nerve pill before I come in here. My blood pressure was out the roof. I was scared something's going to break. They're going to hit the speaker. Josh, what? Hey, oh, I got to go. <laughs> I could never do that. You know why? It's not my course. Do you know how frustrated I would be and how many less kids we'd have if I was back there? <laughs> it's not my course. And you know, there are people trying to do something God's never called them to do. There's people that see other people's courses and it looks sexy and it looks like it's a great thing. And boy, that's just attractive. And I sure would love to do that. And they jump in that thing. People will see people up here singing. They don't want to sing and they can't sing. <laughs> Believe me, it's not their course. <laughs> you ever heard that phrase? Stay in your lane, bro. Some of us need to stay in our lane. There are things people are called to do and there's people people are not called to do. Quit looking at everybody else. Say, God, what do you want me to do? Do you know how bad it would turn out for the sprinter to get in the marathon? Do you know how bad it would turn out? Do you know how bad that little slender fellow would do in that, that race, in that sprint? He'd be blown away. And some of us, some of us are not in the right lane. And that's why we're tired. That's why we're frustrated. We're not seeing any success. We're not seeing any blessing. Because we're in the wrong lane. We're not where God has called us to be. Listen, there are so many things I want to tell you. We're out of time. We'll get to the next point next week. So, so just, just hold your paper and look at me a minute. Next week is really going to be important. Looking unto Jesus. Looking unto Jesus. Where you have your focus will greatly determine your strength. You know what it says about, look at me everybody, look at me, don't be wrapping up, look at me. I'm not through yet. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher. The word author there means Chief leader, chief leader. Now, I always, I always read that as the author means he's the one that, that orchestrated my faith and he's going to finish it. But that's not what he's talking about. You see, there are examples that we never even got to in chapter number 11 that were great examples of faith. But Jesus is the prime example. 
Jesus' life is the greatest example of faith. And so we're going to see that next week. This is, we're going to have to do it to be continued because apparently y'all didn't listen fast enough today. <laughs> but I think we got enough to chew on anyway. So preacher, what's our homework? Ask God if there's any weight in your life. Well, first of all, just say, am I serving God? Am I fulfilling what God's called me to do? Am I serving God? If I'm not, then what's on my schedule that's keeping me from serving him? And that's a weight. It may not be bad. It may not be a sin. It may be just something that's neutral, not anti or for. It's just something neutral. But if it's keeping you and hindering you from serving, it's a weight. God called us unto good works. He ordained us that we would perform good works. And if we're not serving him, or if we are serving him, but we're ready to quit, what do you need to cut out of your schedule? What do you need to lay aside? What do you need to get out of your backpack so you can free yourself up to run? What sin is in your life? Now, that one's easy. That one's easy because you knew what it was before you ever come in this building. I didn't, I didn't reveal that to you. I just told you to deal with it. Some of y'all are going to leave and pre- preachers picking on me. No, I wasn't picking on you. I just said to deal with that that's causing you to stumble and to trip you up. That does so easily beset us. I have found this out. When I've got unconfessed sin, when I've been stupid, it's hard for me to witness to people. Because I'm feeling convicted and I'm feeling guilty and I'm feeling burdened. But boy, when I got a clear conscience with God, man, it's like a weight that's lifted off my shoulders. Guys, Some of y'all just need to find an altar and get get free. Unload your backpack. Get these things out so you can run. We'll talk about the motivation next week. But I think we got enough we got to practice this week. Do I have a witness? 